for joining us for this week's chapter of Not in the Textbooks podcast, where we sit and chat about the nitty-gritty never discussed in any of your textbooks. I'm Tanja. And I'm Audra. But before we dig into today's chapter, let's clear up some business. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views within are our own or are our guests' own. They do not reflect our profession, their profession, or any entity with whom we may have connections for employment now, in the past, or even in the future. If you need medical attention, advice, or care, please seek your own personal medical practitioner, not our podcast. We hope you enjoy. So I had um, put this out to people at my um, place of employment to stop and think, because we've talked about this, you know, that we're kind of at a low point in feeling the love. (laughs) It seems to be shifting a bit now. I think it is. I've sensed, I've sensed less hostility toward us and in the public at large lately. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But um, finding purpose, I think helps. Like we, we found nursing when we went into nursing, we had this drive to help people and to, you know, serve and make things better make things better and I had an extremely because I thought about this myself you know that over the last week or two of like what was the wonder and the awe um that drew me to this purpose you know because if you don't have that got me here exactly like what was the passion and the drive and the strive when I was why this why this like what was it as opposed to being a teacher or doing this because I liked the teaching aspect of nursing but for me once I finally sat down and really thought about it it was the continuously learning something it was always I was always learning something new about a diagnosis or about how to take care of something or wound care or insulin use or drugs or or, you know, and how medications work or hospice and the dying process and every disease process and what that looks like from beginning stage to end stage. And then I was learning HEDIS measures and social determinants of health and that continuous learning thing, it just turns me on. Um, and it, it, it does, it trips my trigger a little bit, you know, now I'm learning coding and, and it's like, I'm, con- there's so much to learn, so much to learn always. Yeah. I feel like a sponge. Yeah, yeah. I can't get enough. And one thing leads to another, which then is tied to another, which then opens up something else, which then is tied to all these things. This all whole interconnectedness of this learning process. And so like sitting and really thinking about like, why, why why am I here? And somebody had asked a question um, and they had said, find that thing that brings you joy and then uh-huh. you f- and then that leads you to your purpose and this used to bring me joy going to work and doing this thing and i was like okay i've got to reconnect back to that 
or I need to start sampling other things in life because there's so much in life to do besides this. (laughs) If it's not bringing me joy anymore, then I'm not serving a purpose anymore. And so Uh then when I started kind of tapping into, okay, so what was it that brought you joy? And one of the things that these people, as they were talking about it, you know, they said, um, I don't know that I've ever found any joy. And I felt so sad for that person, like that you've not experienced any career path or any, um, anything that brought them joy that they thought, Oh, I need to explore this more. And I thought, what, why do they get up in the morning? What keeps them going? Well, and so then this person said something brilliant, which was, well then find what brings you relief a sense of relief, a sense of peace, a sense of calm and continue to explore that relief until you find joy because you've been cut off from it. And so you can't just jump, jump the grand Canyon and go to joy (laughs) if you can't find. And that makes sense because you can't, can't go from any bad to good in any way Mm -hmm. from one extreme to the other without getting through a bridge to get you over the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that was one of the things, but this is what led me to this question I'm about to ask you. And somebody was talking about like the burnout and moral injury and things like of that nature where our career is concerned and you know we have gallows humor and that's funny but it doesn't connect me to that core purpose that I felt at the beginning of my career where I was joyous to show up (laughs) and to be um, enthusiastic about learning and being present for whatever it was that came that way that day and I think a lot of that was youth and enthusiasm and naivete and that kind of thing. Like, you know, I'm a little older, I'm a little wiser, I'm a little crustier, but still that joy is required in life. You know, and I think that like going on vacations and exploring and doing this podcast has been another avenue of learning stuff that's new, that's enthusiastic, you know, that brings a level of enthusiasm to, right. Yeah. Um, to our aspect of our work and things like that. And it's, I think that's a good thing. But one of the things that they said was we're looking for external validation a lot from people, from the community, from our employers, from, you know, somebody scrape our windows, give us hot chocolate, like we talked about, you know, um, last week, which by the way, today is February 19th, um, Saturday. So, um, but they said if you can tap into your own way to fill your cup up, that it can create an ex- an ability to, you're filling that. You don't need these other people to validate what you're doing. And yes, people want to be seen. They want to be heard. And there's always this like service mentality within the nursing community where we're like big on saying we are serving the public and that's our mission is Uh to serve Uh and serve and serve. (laughs) And it gets to the point of what is your contribution? What are you contributing? What are you putting out there? What are you doing? What are you, what are you providing? Instead of saying, 
what was your impact? What was your impact? And so this question, I mold around. And it's, it's take a minute. And I think this is with anyone. And it can help them find your impact, a sort of impact that you have. So what was it that you did this week? Here's the question for you. What is it that you did Uh this week that made a positive impact on those around you? If you saw one patient, there has to be something. But it's an interesting question, isn't it? I, okay, repeat the question. So I'm trying to listen to hear it, mm -hmm. not just listening. Mm -hmm. So what was, what was, what was essentially it boils down to this. What is it that, what did, what was made better? What did I do this week? No, what was made better by you this week? Not what were your actions, not what was your contribution, what was made better by you showing up this week? Anywhere, family, friends, community, work. A family member was very upset. And... I was asked to go talk to them. And honestly, I said, okay, yeah, I would anyway. (laughs) I wouldn't just right now because I'm in the middle of wound rounds with the wound doctor Hmm. standing right next to me. But but okay, there's a reason for her to follow. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's go, doc. Okay. Um, and I said, this is going to go one of two ways. Either going to win them over. Or it's going to blow up in our faces. You know, <laughs> you know with my charming, charming pers- yes. charismatic personality. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to piss them off even more. And I won them over. Mm-hmm. And they thanked me for coming in and talking to them and being there that day. Um, I had another resident um, thank me. She she must she must have something majorly going wrong with her. She hugged me and thanked me for being so sweet <laughs> and told me how much she loved me. So I do feel that even in my uncorked crazy delivery execution kind of ways Mm -hmm. at times I am there for the right reasons Mm -hmm. I do want to make a difference in every one of my residents day absolutely and I've seen that in action Um, like you may sound And I literally could just live where I work. I could live right there, down the hall. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I have 
always had nursing in my blood. It's something that I could excel at with little effort. Now, I stumble sometimes because of a lack of knowledge. But once I get that knowledge, watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do it with this with this un. It is is, untamable drive. There is a thing, and I think Um, both of us have this, that I I will readily tell people I'm good at what I do. And there is not a cockiness to that. There is a, we walk in confidence and it is a place where we are able to be vulnerable with our patients, free and open and fully express ourselves without any restraint or any um, walls up or any of that stuff. It is the one place in the world where we're able to freely be ourselves and be okay with whatever happens. And, and in that we can deliver care in a very unique way that impacts people in a very particular different way. It's a different thing. And you and I both have that, like, I see you like sees like, yeah, you're good at what you do. I'm good too. We can do good together. Yeah, Let's we go can do, do B. good together. Yeah. And there's that automatic trust that I knew that and still do today that if you have a different idea than mine usually, it's for a good reason and yes, we should try it cuz usually it, it it was the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Or so, or it wore, and I would always say, why? I, hey, let's try this instead. Like, let's try this instead. This is or, what I'm thinking. What do you think? Okay, if that doesn't work, what about this? Or there's there's that instant, mm-hmm. like instant ticking through camaraderie. Like it's just it's just a fit. It is. It, it just is fit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that. That is uh, the difference I made because I do feel had I not been there and not had I not made the time mm-hmm. to go in and listen to that scared, stressed, upset, hey. exhausted family member. And not only listen to them, but see them and hear them. Yes. Validate them and let them know what I was going to do personally to make sure that it didn't go the way they were thinking or turn it around, make it right, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I really do feel that... They might have asked to be uh, transferred. Yeah, and I, <sighs> or at least stirred up a a lot with staff more so than really needed to be needed to be. So yeah. yes, let's just go in and listen, 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 listen. There is a huge breakdown in communication and listening and seeing um i'm so sorry i am going to interrupt um i did listen to our podcast as i usually do Mm -hmm. try to yes um 
because as I've stated, I like listening to us to hear us because there are still times I cannot believe we are doing this. I know. And I'm just amazed <laughs> by us. I know. Um, and I also listen to try to catch those things that I want to improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when I missed and I wasn't there. I know. Part I'm so of, sad you weren't. Me too because... I learned so much and I I would have had things to say at certain times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there were times that I know there were that had we been Zooming, I would have, I think I would have been so touched that I would have become tearful. Mm-hmm. And I, I am so sorry for every African American, Asian, Indian, anyone who ever felt less mm-hmm. than enough. Because of something you couldn't control, something you were born with, mm-hmm. the fucking color of your skin. And here it is, 2022. 2022. And it's still happening. And, and we're, no, listen to this. We, I mean, listen to what people need to really hear what we're saying, not just you and I, but mm. everyone. Mm-hmm. It is, it is 20 fucking 22. <laughs> We, we, it has been how long since, since slavery and these times and, and everything that there, our ancestors went through and we haven't come anywhere to, to really, to really think that. I may get up in the morning and think, man, I'm really having a bad hair day or I'm really, man, this shirt doesn't fit right or, oh, this uniform top when I bend over, it's just too loose. And maybe my comparisons are wrong, but to think that as I'm getting ready to go to my job or to go out with my husband or whatever, I'm... I'm worried about maybe how my hair may look or something to that effect, you know, to, to make myself doubt myself and maybe feel inferior to someone else's eyes or thoughts or opinions about me. But to really hear and continue to hear yep. in generation and generation after That, that we continue to hear how much harder someone who has a different color of skin than white, 
yeah has to try so much harder to be better at something and to know that an african-american still has to try so much harder has to produce 10 times as much to get just just as much recognition yeah just to get an average recognition and so then to think how much harder they really do have to fight and struggle to be on the a honor roll the dean's list just let's just start there Mm -hmm. um to be the employee of the month to be an employee to be employed employee the leadership at all the list the list Mm -hmm. not not to be harassed when you're driving down the road or pulled over just because or going to the grocery store to get groceries for your family or the the thousand trillion million different ways it just so to hear and to hear ah what an awesome human being to hear him acknowledge also how much harder black women have had it mm-hmm. in being treated medically for or recognized for anything so to hear just to hear a man mm-hmm. say that number 1 and then to hear an african american say that mm-hmm. that was another like ah oh, Perry, yes, yes. yes. And I um, I struggled with the question, do I warn him that I'm going to do this? And I thought, no, I no. want this to be the authentic Raw. reaction Raw. when I ask this question. Because people are so, like they would tiptoe around that question of, have you experienced racism in your health care? If so, how can we help prevent that during your stay, during our care? How, how hard is that of, of a question to actually ask? It's not that hard of a question. <laughs> <laughs> and and isn't it more offensive that we're tripping up over whether it's offensive? Ask the fucking question. Ask the fucking the question. The fact that you're pausing and having to ask, is this offensive? That's what makes it fucking offensive. Exactly. The fact that you're uncomfortable is the part you need to look at. Like If you're uncomfortable exactly. asking a person of color that yes. question, you need to look at yourself. You need even, to look at yourself. Even if you're offended you should be asking me that too because trust me when I tell you there is racism against sorry yes white people there's not and I'm going to push back on that there's prejudice there's prejudice against white people for good reason okay you are correct but that power structure doesn't belong racism is a power structure you are correct so you are correct yes you are correct have you been discriminated against because of your race? How about that? You could put that. Could have you been discriminated? Has your health care has your health care been impacted by discrimination? Could cover women, color, color the whole game, the whole thing. We could ask it like the that. Whole, the whole melting pot, which is what we're founded on. Yeah, because really, really, if you go back mm-hmm. and you you check my DNA. Mm-hmm. You got some Indian, right? Blood. I have Indian. Mm-hmm. 
Blackfoot, and uh, Choctaw. Okay. I sure do. The uncivilized tribes, as they called them. (laughs) But also, um, I was born in Hope, Arkansas. Um, So that is a southern state. And if you check back far enough, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, sorry, but even George Washington had some illegitimate children. So, hey, there could be black in me. And Okay, so we're all Heinz 57. I mean, very few of us originated right here. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But it was very, it it was a good episode. Thank you. And it was so chocked full of so much information and i really didn't think because not that i'm a big comic book um your boys uh, would love that billy the kit they need to be Um, about this much older just a few more years i was gonna say yeah it's it's a little the drawings that i saw because okay i did it was so funny he talked about stalking facebook Mm -hmm. ha 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 guess what mary (laughs) i stalked your facebook (laughs) of course you Um, did (laughs) that's how uh you got the friend request. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was after the stalking. Yep. Uh, but anyway, because of some of the drawings I saw, I was like, and no, uh, not right now. Uh, but yes, now I did like a comic book. Uh, 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 Jughead, uh, Archie and Jughead, are you talking Archie about Archie and, mm-hmm. uh-huh, Archie and Veronica. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, um, and then I wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, but I see the talent, the, I see all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that was cool. And I never would have thought that it would have, he talked about, so much and I don't know the you know politically correct way to say this like that should shock anyone (laughs) that there would be such an didn't he mention white and like Asian Hispanic um, Hispanic Hispanic Hispanic. Uh Uh, I wouldn't have thought that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have thought so much I didn't Hispanic yeah I didn't think that either, and he which yeah. I'm glad he told me. I mean, that's the whole point is to get educated on that's things that I'm you saying, don't know. That there's so there was so much yeah. knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, information in that. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people who were like, "I'm not into comics." I'm like, "You're still gonna love the dude." I'm telling you, you're gonna love my boy. These these the guys that we've had on lately are all people that I know through extension of Tell Them Steve Dave right. through the comic, you know, for, yeah. through the podcast, and and that extends to then comic book men and comics and the whole thing it's a it's just part of that culture um Uh, and there's so many interesting humans that are very introverted um within that little anthill colony that we call ourselves that family and there's so much but there's so much love there there's so much love and expression if you would just look to actually see it yeah and the in the fact that that everybody kind of with all of the talent yes and they've done such a good job the tell them steve dave crew has done such a good job of taking people within that 
um, sphere where people make fan art or they're like, here, use this as your intro or this thing and cultivating that, that atmosphere. Into what is theirs. What is theirs and letting them, like him drawing the stuff and he's connected to them and he's done stuff for their Patreon and all of these different things. And it's such a beautiful thing to see you know, Chris has been on several episodes from the beginning and doing roasts and things like that. And, um, Tommy drew one of the shirts for them that they've sold. Um, right. I remember you saying that. And so it's like, there's, there's that aspect of it. But then when you actually start to meet people from the Hill and you know, people from that place, they all have such these, you like, you know, just interesting lives and it's all around the world. And there's so much inside of that, that hill and those stories. And that's why you wouldn't be connected to those people without. So it's people from all different walks and, and geographical areas of the The world, world. the world. Look at our listenership that you wouldn't, (laughs) that you wouldn't be intermingled with or meshed with nope they're not part of the medical community that core exactly there's 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 some people that are in the medical community but there's not that many of us there's a few of us and then there's people that used to be in bands and there's people that are in bands and make music and there's people that just you know they work from home and there's i was in a band once were you what'd you do for a very short period of time you sing did you nice i was a choir girl choir girl um i sang in the choir too yeah i sure did yeah but it was but anyway the 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 whole thing that's why i love part of like tell them steve dave and i've gone back what are we listening to i guess we're doing that you're listening you've listened to us you also listen to the 80s i listened to um i listen i started going back into the back catalog and because i'm a current fan and have listened to that catalog several times over going back and listening to it. And I said, it takes a minute for you to, because I remember when I first listened to it, I was like, is this for me? And it took me a minute to kind of catch into, but like what, what Barry said last week or two weeks ago now, once this airs is everybody kind of relates to Brian in a way, because he's kind of, he has struggled and he's in a really good place right now. And, you know, and it's great, you know, Brian Johnson and Quinn, I guess Q kind of sort of had, you know, they had their well-known doubt sort of definitely, but Brian Johnson had like depression and, you know, and, and, and rage issues and all these things that we all sort of like relate to a struggle, you know, some, a hero that struggles or whatever you want to say, you know, a person that struggles and he was very open about it and they were very like, um, they loved him, but they were, but they were tough on him at times and they were honest with him. And it was that, I think it's in that, that world of where, where the tides were changing and the world was changing and people just wanted to see something authentic. And yeah. you kind of, there's parts of that now where you look at it and I'm like, they're just telling stories and they're just producing entertainment. Not every single thing that they've ever said is true. And we get that. But it's at true, the same right. time, there was an authenticity of the characters they are on that show, you know, what they say and how they say it and what they do. Right. Yeah. And it has brought out an organic and authentic little anthill, you know, a little crew of people. Yes. And, and the ones that were there in early on, which we had, he and I talked beforehand and we were talking about that, that, you know, we were there pretty early on and, and there was a just known sense of, 
We're here to encourage each other and build each other up, not tear each other down. It was just known. Exactly. And there needs to be so much more, more of, that. of that. Yes. And so, so and much more. The feedback that I've gotten on all three of those guys, Tommy, Chris, and um, this week for Barry, universally beloved, absolutely universally beloved. They were like, I want to be Barry's friend. Like this last week, you know, they're like, I want to be his friend. Uh-huh. He has such a great energy and he's so yes. like positive and and outgoing and just like but it's such a um he's just real he's just real just a good vibe it's more of yes but like a humbling almost i don't know if that's the right phrase like a a peaceful just humblingness of listening and talking and no matter what it's like he made me feel like what I always told my children mm-hmm. to be their independent, independent self, do what felt right to them. Right. No matter who agreed with you, even myself, mm-hmm. you do it. I will be there to support you. Mm-hmm. And be your biggest cheerleader. Yep. And he also he lives that even better than I do. You know what I mean? He does. Where he embodies like anything's he, possible. He, find your joy. Pursue it. And okay, so you want to do this. Oh, damn. That happened. But like what I say sometimes and what I've heard you say, um, find the positive. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, that happened. Big deal. Here's, here's a suggestion on how we get around that. Yeah. You know, um, don't basically in my long windedness, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if you yeah. if you focus on it, it becomes bigger. Now you can't turn your back on it and ignore it and pretend like it's not there. Accept it and move on. Walk mm-hmm. through it. Don't let don't let the fear of something keep you from trying. Keep you from trying mm-hmm. because the actual failure is by not attempting it. it in any way. And then you There's never know. Your failure. Then you and never then know. It's the what if? Oh, and that's the worse than anything. What if? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's worse than anything. So, yeah, and it's, it it was, uh, and I told him um, on behalf of both of us that he is welcome back, just like the other guys, welcome oh, back course. any yes. time. And he, he, yes. he will likely take us up on that. So hopefully we can get it coordinated where you, we can all three talk. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have him come back and, and talk. Yeah. Because he's got an, another comic that's coming out. And- You know, he is the second person that has been like, uh, I don't want to say poked into my little circle, but uh, introduced Mm -hmm. into my circle from Colorado, from the Denver area. Nice. Uh, Yeah, so it's always a, oh, my daughter lives in Colorado. (laughs) And then they go, where? And I go, Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so yes, yeah, so I did. I did listen. It was a good episode. I'm glad you liked um, it. 
at first, well, not at first, but there were times I thought, why does it keep stopping? It was stopping to the point where I was like, okay, did I lose it? It was uh, my phone. <laughs> and how, you know, after a while, the screen, it shuts it down. Black. And then when, then when it's black for a while, too, it's in energy save mode. So it kind of like just shuts everything down. Yeah, so. <laughs> it wasn't us. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, did I do something to the audio? Do I need to go back and listen? No. No. <laughs> okay. No. no, it was just you. No. Okay, good. No. Good, it good, was good. just me. It, right. was, it truly, okay. It truly was a full moon. Oh, my um, gosh, wasn't week. it? Oh, my uh, gosh. And it was for a few days because, and I know this for a fact, you want to know why? Because I fucking saw it. Duh. That's how I know it. <laughs> I saw it right up in the fucking sky. Big as all get out. And I mean, it was like huge I, and bright. I said at work one morning, oh my gosh, yes, you can definitely tell it is a full moon. Yeah. And yes, I, I know for a fact it is. And listen to me, don't you guys come at me and tell me that there's been studies that it doesn't Someone, affect anybody because I'm going to tell you right now, come to work, come to work. Someone us. said, oh, how do you know that? Like, I'm so dumb. I looked at them just like this. I know you all can't see it, but Audra can. <laughs> and I said, because you- I saw it in the sky. <laughs> Last night, it's a big, big, big and giant this orb. This morning, this morning when I drove in, I mean, it's that big ball <laughs> in the sky, and it's full. It's a whole circle. <laughs> and then I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go to." my office because I have a feeling if I don't I'm going to be in some serious serious trouble today because I'm just too high on life and it makes me a little sassy bitch (laughs) and I immediately went to here it comes again my office my 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 very office, and I just want to clear something up. When I mentioned that I was in a band once, I was. Petting my dog. <laughs> Twice. As in two performances? Yeah. As in... Or two bands. Two band, two band practices. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you get on stage and, and perform live is my question. Oh, yes, but much you many. Not karaoke. Many. That's a different thing. <laughs> what if you're jumping up there because the lead singer of the band is just so freaking sexy? My no. God, he was. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? There are pictures to prove it. That's <sighs> the even scarier part. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so yes, I have performed on stage before. Mm-hmm. Sure. Was I a member of the band that I performed on stage for? No. no. <laughs> not not any of the time. <laughs> um, so now that we've got that out. Yeah. Um, so the singing wasn't so great. I mean, in the manner that they wanted it to be, they were a little more heavier, really. They were trying to get their groove together, and Not I sure was they. much better as, like, some kind of just, like, cheerleader in the back to just, like, meet Yay. up with my friends and hang out while they had band practice. Gotcha. And I could, like, hit the tambourine a couple times, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my band life, but I am one hell, and I will repeat, and there is a band. Mm-hmm. That can attest for this. They have, well, they probably don't still have it. I don't know. I hope so. One of my favorite brawls in my life. And I have yet to replace it. Mm -hmm. So I am one hell of a freaking groupie. (laughs) For the right sound and fun performance. There we go. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else you're listening to? I am listening to Lessons for Wound, uh, my wound certification. Mm-hmm. That's good. How did I not know about or remember Surely to God in nursing school, I learned the word claudification claudication it's pain with walking oh oh yeah 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 uh uh-huh yeah so with pvd they have claudication yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay you don't hello yeah how how do i not remember this word i was also a restorative aid i made my own therapy programs up Mm-hmm. And how how did I not remember this word? I was so I am so just like a sponge right now and so intrigued by things that are making me go Oh well that's why that one never healed. Yeah. Or really that's why we have to do that lab so often because a prealbumin it really does make a difference because you're oozing either use they're oozing it out of their wound short life yep it's short life Mm -hmm. the albumin is every 14 to 20 days the prealbumin is different the prealbumin is i want to say three four to seven and it oozes out of the wounds constantly like yeah the point is I am learning so much much that then what I am learning here is actually, so I I get the little four watt nightlight experience, (laughs) but then it's like that experience makes 
the 60 watt go on because then it's like it causes a domino effect mm-hmm. that makes everything else fall into place mm-hmm. like things here's another example nutrition as soon as i got to the nutrition lesson i thought snooze okay, here's fest yeah here's here's where i'm gonna stumble and fall here mm-hmm. that's gonna break my hundred percent mm-hmm. on my uh exams after every lesson um this is gonna break my hundred percent stride i bet you because i only remembered enough nutrition to pass that test at, at that time and then yeah. really done Vitamin C, zinc, protein, so important. It made so many other things like fall into place. And I was like, ah. It's fascinating. It's just all fascinating. It is. It is. So I am really uh, enjoying listening and seeing and seeing the pictures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. uh, the coding what, that I'm doing. And we, oh, there's a wound. I get to pull it up and go, oh, look at that. Or how is and that then, their foot? Uh-huh. How is that their yeah. foot? Is that, oh, I see it now. I see the foot. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yeah. yes. It's uh-huh. mad crazy, mad crazy. But yeah. I, it's, yeah. we're gross. We can't so, help it. Um, and I've been listening to K-Love. Mm-hmm. In your office? In my office. <laughs> um, I also have listened to uh, our podcast. Yes. In my office. So <sighs> what are you listening to? I am. I'm going back to the back catalog of Tell Them Steve Dave. Um, so I'm caught up with them. And I got caught up with True Crime Garage. And um, so... The Hoof has no new episodes, so I have um, gone back to the back episodes of Tell Them Steve Dave, and then um, I listened to the VPZD show, Vinay Prasad and uh, Z-Dog MD, listened to a little of that, Uh Um, and there was a panel that the Z-Dog MD show had on. Yes, I uh, had the message. Yeah, I sent that one to you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Monica Gandhi. And I mean, there were just lots of doctors, like four or five different ones on there. It was a pretty good one. Um, So I listened to bits and parts of that, most of that. Um, I also um, started Thinner by Stephen King, but it's not him. It's a different name that he was writing under. Um, And that's been kind of fun. I was I'm trying to get completely uh, through The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, it's and so good. I have good. to keep stopping it because that's not something I can watch when children are around. Sons are awake because good. many times I have to go, no, 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 go, 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 go. Okay, right. well, I haven't had to do that for. Their dad's 30. Yeah. He's the youngest. So <laughs> haven't had to do that for a while. So I'm a little slow at it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's a great I've, show, though. It ruined it's, Joseph. It's weird. It's, it's, 
I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And let me just tell you, it could happen. You start looking around and you're like, that's why I can't wrap my head under his eye. (laughs) That is why I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, you know it. Yeah. You, you know it. You just know. You're just like, you know oh it. my God, you this know could it. happen. This could really legitimately happen like any, you know time. it. Um, anyway, so we're, we're not that far from it, honestly. Like it would just take a couple little things and we'd be under his eye. No, 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 no. Um, and then I've watched, um, today I watched a fabulous, documentary um let me find it because i did i thought i did uh take a picture of it but it was a cnn documentary and i think it was on netflix um about black wall street in oklahoma do you know about that black wall street no um, so Black Wall Street was 101 years ago, and it will, my, my son is playing with my dog, so that's the squeaky you hear back there. Um, Jordan, everything's being picked up, baby doll, please. Um, Dreamland, the burning of Wall Street, that's the name of the, I, I know, but thank you. So, um, yeah, Dreamland is the name of it, the burning of Black Wall Street, so, um, in the after Jim Crow, the five civilized tribes were relocated. <laughs> they moved them from the south, and they called them the five civilized tribes because they basically took on white plantation ownership and had slaves. Right. So they kind of look like white people, so they were therefore civilized, right. right? And they moved them to Indian Territory after, you know, um, not even after. The, yep. This was before this. This was before the civil war um this was actually before the civil war they moved them out to indian territory territory so they the trail of tears right moved everybody out um including them but they took their they had to take their they took their slaves with them you know um and so they were moved out here and then the five civilized tribes fought with the confederacy and then there were other tribes in oklahoma that fought like the osage the I think the Choctaw, um, I'd have to look it up, but there were a lot of other, I know the Osage yes. were in there. Um, and so a lot of other tribes, Seminole, I think were, they fought for the union. They fought for the North. Um, and after the war was over, they said they had to stay in Indian territory and their slaves in the clause that they, the treaty of 1866 or whatever it was with the Indians, they had to release the slaves. They had to be part of their tribe now. So those five civilized tribes, you see a lot of African-Americans, a lot of black folk, a lot of colored people that are part of that tribe because they were then freedmen and they were granted land, just the same parcel of land. The women were granted the same parcel of land, the men. So these black men and women then be they were slaves then became landowners landowners and a lot of that land had mineral rights <laughs> uh-huh. and so it made them wealthy 
Yep. And they lived in, they, so there was a whole group of people called the freedmen that were, go, and there was a group of, of um, African Americans that went out and actually tried to get people to move to Indian territory because it was different than living in the States. So there was more freedom there. And a lot of people settled in the Greenwood district. Now they might be, they might be say the help as lovely, you know, domestic workers um, in the city of Tulsa in the white district, but they would bring their money back and spend it in Greenwood. And so Greenwood flourished and it became known as Black Wall Street. They had their own theater. They had their own doctor. One of the, one of, there was a surgeon there who the Mayo Clinic called the premier um, Negro surgeon of the time as they were right. That's how it was referred Uh to. And so they, um, he was, he was like one of the best surgeons in the country, let alone one of the best black surgeons. He was one of the best Mayo Clinic knew who he was fool. He was one of the best surgeons in the country and he lived in, he was the surgeon at black wall street. They had their own hospital. They had their own airport. They had everything, you know, they had all their own, you know, everything was there and they economically boomed because they were spending their own money in their own community. And if you're dealing with segregation and they started doing really well for themselves in, you know, and, and so it was called Black Wall Street. And the people in the documentary were like, just imagine like Harlem, Bourbon Street, and Chocolate City all combined in one place. That all was combined. that was Greenwood. And that was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. Okay. So, oh boy is working. Um, they, they called him Diamond Dick. He was working as a shoe shiner in a, um, a white-owned shoe shining store. And there was no... Um, there was no bathroom he could use, so it was segregated. So he had to walk down the street and go to the fourth floor of wow. this store to use the colored bathroom. Yeah. And um, evidently the elevator lift was a little tricky, kind of got uneven at times. He walks, mm-hmm. he walks into the elevator. Now, this is the same time as Jim Crow is happening. Lynching is happening. The Great Migration right. historically is happening. And you have the birth of a nation being shown in the White House by Woodrow Wilson. So, you know, this whole theme of like, protect your little white women from these savage black men. That whole bullshit is going on at this time. Right. He steps onto the elevator and she hadn't gotten the lift exactly correct. So what happens? He falls forward. What do you do when you fall forward? You put your hands out and he runs into her. He ripped her dress, kind of scratched her. She screams. He steps back. He sees what's going on and he's like, oh shit, this is a dangerous thing for me. And he runs like hell. He runs. Um, And the person across the street in the store across the street sees a black man running from running from where this woman screamed sees uh-huh. this woman scratched like he kind of hit her face her and scratched her tore. her dress is torn and her hand is scratched because he you know hit her kind of right. fall he fell forward on her um and called the police the police showed up and they were like we're not even they didn't put out an apb they didn't care they were like whatever it doesn't matter Tulsa Tribune, which was the white paper, plated up Birth of the Nation style. Of course they did. So the next day, 
Tulsa police went and arrested him. They're holding him in the jail. And it took about 30 minutes for there to be talks of lynching this guy in the streets of Tulsa. And within an hour, there was a lynch mob outside of the Tulsa courthouse jail where he was. Well, there were World War I veterans in Black Wall Street. <laughs> and they'd been treated like human beings in France. And they came back home and they were not being treated like that here. And they wanted what they, you know, they wanted their justice. They, they served their right. fucking country, you know. What they deserved. Exactly. The respect and the honor that they were due. Didn't get it. Yep. But they still had their own weapons and they came and there were 40 of them and they showed up at the at the courthouse and told the sheriff, hey, we're here. You need protection for the prisoner. We're here. And they were like, basically, like, get the fuck out of here. We don't want you here. So they were leaving and this white dude walks up to him and is like, what you, what you doing with that gun? N-word whatever the hell I need to, to protect my family, my life and my property. Right. You know, um, and the guy reached out and tried to take the gun from him and there's a scuttle and the guns in the air and boom, it goes off First shots fired. Then they start evacuating Tulsa, start to shut Tulsa down. People are coming out of the movie theaters, which are segregated in Tulsa and they just start shooting black people in the streets. Oh. And, they go into Black Wall Street. That lynch mob turns around, goes back into Wall Street, Black Wall Street, and burns Black Wall Street to the ground. They bombed their, they, they had hell, they had planes coming in and shooting at them. Just the National Guard was called in. Um, now, mind you, at this point in time, one of the things that Tulsa claimed was they were one of the whitest cities in the country. Um, the KKK were members of the police department, which was pretty typical in, in southern those, states yes. during during Jim Crow, especially. Mm -hmm. And um, and so you have that happening. All of these other things happening. They go in and they literally burned it to the ground. And this was Memorial Day. So it was May 30th, 1921, when they arrested him. And it was June 1st when they leveled Greenwood. And it was a big district. It wasn't just small. It was city, city, city blocks. Wow. Leveled it to the ground. Killed people. They were just shooting at women, children, random people just of color everyone, from anyone. the sky. They were just trying to kill everyone in the Greenwood district simply because of the color of their skin. This happened in Oklahoma, yeah, people. Just... You know, the Watchmen opened with the Tulsa race riots. That's We kind of talked about that two weeks ago with yeah. Barry. That's, that's the scene that you're looking at in Black Wall Street. This documentary kind of talks through it, but what it doesn't touch on that I found to be kind of like, well, that's disappointing. I feel like we should have mentioned that they brought it. Like they talked about trying to find like there were mass graves and they just dug these graves up this last year. Like two years ago, they started looking in Oakwood Cemetery finally for them. Wow. And they found some of them, but they didn't find all of them because most of them right. got thrown into the river. Um, and, you know, they were hiding these dead bodies of all of these people. Um, and there were survivors and they have video of these survivors. And they had finally, they testified last year in front of Congress about what happened to them. And these survivors now were, were the five and six year old children who were running and saw airplanes shooting Everything. and they're dodging bullets at the age of six. Yep. Yep. Are you kidding me? And watched, watched people with guns, men with guns come into their house and light their house on fire. 
and they had to leave. They just had to leave. And Greenwood built back, but then, you know, urban... But there's some urban that you can't ever re- erase. Erase any of it, and we've no never acknowledged it. No matter how many statues it. you tear down, no matter how many things you don't like and you demolish you cannot change and rewrite history oh but they can there oh but they can and and they have in oklahoma they've they've not rewritten it they just didn't write it in and when we were talking a couple weeks ago with barry and i'm like we need to confront and face the reality of our history so in juxtaposed to that we have oklahoma and in 2000 and I don't remember what it was, 15, 17. It came up in 99. It came up in 2009. It came up in like 96, but it came up recently enough that they should have been good enough to write it in the fucking history book and make it mandatory that it's taught. So there's a page in the history book or a paragraph, but it's not mandated to be taught. So teachers don't teach it. They teach what's mandated. And so they had a chance to put it in the history books and be mandated and they chose not to do that. And we need to do that. We need to have a conversation. People who grew up so that those conversations aren't that hard. They shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a hard conversation that, that shouldn't be something so difficult and offensive to talk about. Well, and then this is the problem is that like, (laughs) Then we write laws in the books in Oklahoma that you can't teach. That would be that teaching about Greenwood would be shaming people for being white. Well, those white people that did that to those people they are, should be they should be fucking ashamed. We should be and ashamed they should be, that they did that. But they should be ashamed that they did that no matter what their color of their skin was. Was Yes. Whether they were white, Asian, Indian, anything, freaking speckled, spotted, striped, whatever. and if we can't, if we can't talk about this, how do we heal from that? And they wouldn't even go in and dig up the bodies because there was some. There, were, there might be a, another body of a of a white person in Oakland Cemetery that we might have to, you know, move to get to what this anomaly was. Well, you know what? Talk to that family and and really talk to them. I mean, I don't care what color yes. that person was that was buried, but really talk to them. You want to be in the way of actually finding these other people? There could be hundreds of people there. Right. Regardless, they, they did talk to the family. They got it done. They excavated. They right. did find some bodies there, I believe. I don't remember how many. But like I said, most of them are in the river. And it's ridiculous. There were people on this documentary who were like, my the, the mayor, who was the mayor when all of this stuff finally came to light to where he was like, it shouldn't have taken 100 years for us to dig up these bodies, right. you know, to right. dig up Oakland Cemetery to find these bodies. We have an eyewitness that saw boxes of of people in boxes like boxes of people they had big boxes and there were dead bodies in those boxes and it was a little he was like a 10 year old little white dude and saw his family out there doing it and years later he's out there and he's like i lifted the box and i know there were three dead black men in there and the the you know, their bodies were decaying. It smelled horrible. And when you're 10 years old, you remember that. Like you would remember. Of course. And he was like, I've been ashamed of that my whole life. Like my family was involved. In it. But 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 here I am. I'm trying to make it right by saying this is where it was, you know. And then they're not letting us. Um, right. 
And it's a shame, like these people finally, all these years later, you know, what are we doing? Like, and there's a hundred years of history, 101 years of history of Greenwood being built and then destroyed again because of urban renewal or urban removal. They had people move out. And then there's, you know, now there's regentrification uh, in that area. And it's the same thing of like, we really, we, you know, the community will build itself back up. And then we come in and say, there's a better use for that land. Let's make it more white, you know? Um, and, and it's still happening. And if we're not going to talk about those things, you know, where we've got, you're never going to get to a point of change. No. And the fact that we can't shame people for being white. Well, if you're interpreting having a conversation about the actual shameful history within the state of Oklahoma, taking the land from the Indians, I don't know. Why can't we just shame them because they did something wrong and let's show them and everyone there after them how to do it differently exactly like it's wrong why can't we call a wrong thing wrong a wrong <laughs> like it, right. it was wrong and if you're if right. you feel embarrassed about it okay good that's a good place to start good. and figure out why you no personally feel growth. embarrassed there is no growth in your comfort zone no why do you personally feel embarrassed about it what have you done personally that this is striking a core with because something you've done is wrong and you know it and that's why you feel shame because of this racist thing like that's to me that's right. where my brain goes and then I look at like we have that history and then we have Clara Looper who actually before the big sit-ins in Carolina and Alabama you know the Carolinas and Alabama performed sat down at the cat's drug counter you know it was a, it was a supermarket drug store they had a luncheon counter and she went in and sat sat in they did a sit-in and it was one of the first sit-ins if not the first sit-in in the entire country that happened in oklahoma we don't teach that either and that's something we should be right. proud of like she's yes. that's something we should be proud of deep deuce in oklahoma city that they're rebuilding back up now finally but deep deuce we had some serious blues music come out of oklahoma and the whole blue circuit used to come through oklahoma city and go to deep deuce like that's something that we should be taught this history, yeah. and that was one of the things in this, I'm sorry, I've gone off on a tangent, but this, that documentary was so good because it talked about how a whole bunch of African Americans ended up in Oklahoma and had their own districts, had their own cities, had their own towns, but nothing was like Black Wall Street, you know? Right. Anyway, fascinating stuff. Um, and yeah, people should go check that out because it's good stuff. So that's what good. I've been listening yeah. to is that. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, well, sounds good. Have a good night. <laughs> Anything right. else? You as well. No. All right. See y'all in the stacks next week. Until next week. I want to take a minute to thank you for listening, sharing, and engaging with us. Subscribing and following our social media pages. Your feedback is invaluable to us. It helps us to know the stories and chapters to seek out. It helps to make us better. And we can't tell you how much that means to us. You can find links to all of our social media pages and everywhere we can be streamed on our Flow page. That's www.flow.page slash not in the textbooks podcast. If you have a second, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us. Five star, please. It really does help out the show. 
Remember, we're in the middle of figuring out the crazy stories of our lives, so create a little kindness. Show some love and compassion, and if you can't because your chapter is just too hard right now, we're here for you and we're rooting for you, so just Just keep going. We hope to see you back here in the stacks digging up some stories and chapters for next week. Bye.